0: Ciao, and welcome back to Kimberly's Italy. As promised, we have a second episode on Lake Como. I'm Kimberly Holcomb, and I'm here with my podcast producer and co-host, Tommaso.
1: Ciao, Belladonna. Nice to see you
0: again. <laughs> <laughs> well, we live together, so I see you all the time. We
1: have different, different locations on two different executive floors. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Anyway, before we start on this second episode of Lake Como, I just want to say, if our podcasts are getting you motivated or excited to take a vacation to Italy, please get in touch because that's what I do. I'm a travel planner anywhere in Italy, one of a kind, completely unique trips. So please keep that in mind while you're listening.
1: And I just want to say that it was my idea for the drink of the week to come up with drinking Bellinis while we record on this episode. It's a perfectly Italian drink, Prosecco with a touch of peach nectar. All what right,
0: could be better? Let's on do this. On you, this hot, you open this. On this hot day. Oh my God, I'm so excited. I love these. This is <laughs> the best idea of the week. Ah, well done. One little one for you. <laughs> You're <laughs> yeah. the producer. Yeah,
1: thank you. A little keep,
0: peach nectar.
1: got to keep my skills about me.
0: Chin-chin. Chin-chin. Buon idea, Tommaso. Yes. And we're drinking these Bellinis in honor of our good friends, Amanda and Lawrence. I met them years ago in Lake Como, and we had many a Bellini from their terrazzo, from their sweet house with a sweet view. So, chin-chin to you, Amanda and Lawrence. So, now we'll record this second episode, and I have to say that we don't have the same view. And we're not outside at Lake Como. We're inside, Tomaso's, podcasting recording studio, surrounded by
1: purple velvet curtains. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. They're very regal. They're very yes, regal. they are. But you know, the idea of these came from Keith Richards. Keith Richards' library, where he hangs out in Connecticut, as watching a show, and he had these beautiful blue, blue, uh, velvet drapes, and were phenomenal. IKEA didn't have any. <laughs> IKEA kid <laughs> did not have blue, so I had to set up a purple. But I, I think I bought every one of them that uh, they had left at the time.
0: <laughs> anyway, we'll help for our Lake Como second episode. Allora. We ended our first episode on Lago di Como with Villa Belenzaghi, which is in the village of Chernobyl, my favorite place, and also right next door to Villa d'Este. And I told you about the hotel, Villa d'Este, being the most beautiful, iconic, incredible hotel I've ever been into. It's been named the hotel of, best hotel of the world. Best hotel of the universe pretty much by everybody. (laughs) And there's good reason for it. It's this Renaissance building set amongst 25 acres of gardens. It's truly spectacular. These days you have to be a guest or at least have a dinner or a lunch reservation to be able to walk around the grounds. So I highly recommend that because you can't just walk in like the old days. I would go every morning that I would be at Villa Bellanzaghi and I'd take a million photos of the gardens and stroll around and say ciao to all the people that work there because I was there so much I knew them. And then I'd go back at the end of the day and have a little gin tonica. Gin and tonic with my friends. and With a single ice cube. Yeah, a very expensive <laughs> single ice cube, actually. <laughs> but it's an incredible place. It's literally like a museum inside. So make a dinner reservation or lunch reservation or stay there, but make sure you go inside several times to use all of the different bathrooms. They alone are like a museum. There's actually a quote on their website that sums it up. And it was written by a, an American journalist like 50, 60 years ago. And he said, the precise location of heaven on earth has never been established, but it may very well be right here. So that's Villadeste for you. You had a um, cocktail in the bar at Villadeste, I believe? We
1: did. We did. We went to the bar and had Cocktails when you could just go sit at the bar and had Cocktails. Right. Going through those big iron gates. I remember walking down okay. the hill and um, yeah. Being a sailor I've been in some pretty swank places in the world and it was it's special swank but stately no it's beautiful it's it's unbelievable if if you
0: can afford the freight
1: it's a beautiful place <laughs> to be
0: <laughs> okay well anyway Another reason that I love this little village of Chernobyl is because this sounds ridiculous, but the street signs, the street names and the street signs of these little teeny roads that I must have walked up and down a thousand times when I lived there. These street signs are made out of like a one or two inch thick, small rectangle of marble where they hand carve the names in them. And then they're Placed in some kind of metal post, not some, you know, crappy aluminum thing. It's probably copper or brass, who knows? But a lot of them are attached to the buildings too, right into the building. No, but specifically in Chernobyl, as mm. you drive up these, you know, razorback roads, mm-hmm. they're mounted on these poles. They are carved out of marble. And the the names are so beautiful. Via Madonina, the little Madonna, via Monte Grappa you know we spoke about grappa the last episode so a mountain of grappa and via della liberta which that name might have come from the fact i don't think i told you this that mussolini was killed up the lake on april 25th after the war or as the war was ending uh hung
1: upside down
0: hung upside down along with his lover mm. and left there until they basically rotted ooh, 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 yeah ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> But maybe that's where Via della Libertà, the Street of Liberty, stems from. Anyway, these streets that I walked up and down a thousand times, they're so narrow that one American-sized car would fit. Yet, somehow, two cars driven by Italians can pass each other on these streets.
1: But, but not everywhere they can't pass. As I mentioned in the last episode, I wanted to talk about the time that the first time that we went to oh
0: right I didn't want you to share this but yeah you are. <laughs> yeah yeah
1: we went to Lake Como the first time I was showing off were to showing you were showing off when you rented uh, you rented I looked on Lancia's website and they no longer a Lancia Lancia they don't make the same size car that we had back then they make really small cars now again but th- we had this sort of you know I would say Audi or you know Volvo two forty size car. Large for Italy. Large, wide. Large, wide for Italy. And I remember going up to Trinobio, and we pulled in, and you wanted to drive up the mountain, drive up the hill, and I'm saying to myself, "This is not good. This is not good. This This is is not not a street. This is not." And luckily, the mirrors folded in because, also, luckily, you paid for the damage waiver because I do that all the time, right? Because both mirrors on the side were like. Oh, boy. Yeah. We did get up. We couldn't back out because the mirrors would have ripped off them. (laughs) We did get up gingerly and,
0: yeah. Yep. Showing off to Tomas on his first trip to uh, Chernobyl. Mm -hmm. It was epic fail. It was exciting. (laughs) Well, those little streets where we were stuck are the ones that I would walk up on. And you actually have to hug the walls of these roads, streets, because a lot of them are stone walls where the foundation of the, you know, street above you or houses are built onto the sides of these roads. So you hug the road, hug the wall as you walk up these streets because of the crazy cars I just mentioned. But when you finally get to the top, the view of the lake and the mountains and the snow on the top and Villa d'Este below, it just takes your breath away. Like the physical act of walking up these streets take your breath away. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, you know, it you get to walk off the pasta. Going That's back right. A, so know. speaking of pasta, I wanted to share a couple favorite restaurants in Chernobyl. This one is halfway up the hill. It's called Glicine, which means Wisteria. And it's a family-run restaurant, three generations, and the daughter of Beatrice, she runs it now. She's as sweet as could be. And I took a group of eight friends there two years ago, and she made us a family-style dinner. We sat outside on the terrace under a pergola covered in wisteria. And she came out or her servers came out with these big family-style platters of, like, let me just tell you a few little appetizers. Like this little codfish on a polenta crouton, this eggplant parmigiana that's to die for little teeny squares of it that you think that's a small piece, but then you eat it and it just like explodes. Then pre-meat courses, you know, the first course of a porcini mushroom risotto and a ravioli of pumpkin and amaretto. Just think of that combo. Pumpkin and amaretto with a really thin pasta. Oh my God. And then of course, there's the caucho e pepe. And for those of you that haven't had that, Caucho is a type of cheese and Pepe is a pepper and it is life changing. i had never had that before until
1: the um Prada, America's Cup announcement in Newport here, when they flew in the chefs from Milan or wherever Prada's based. I assume it's Milan. And I had it that night. And
0: here I'm, in here in Newport, Rhode Island. Here at in the Newport New York Yacht
1: Club. And 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 I must admit I felt like <laughs> I felt like Felt like a slob going back for my fourth fourth serving, but it was worth it. He ev- wasn't
0: really paying attention to the Prada Cup event. He no. was at the Coucho y Pepe yes, bar, several along times. with my friend, Pear. Yes,
1: it was very good. <laughs> mm.
0: It is totally amazing. Also, there's another restaurant way, way up on the top of the hill, the highest part of the hills where the road ends, and it's called Il Gato Nero, The Black Cat. I actually have walked up there several times with Mark that lived in the villa. And we took this uh, woman friend I know that worked at Italian Vogue. We walked up there. She, I didn't think she was going to make it. She didn't eat or drink anything when we got there. She was comatose from the
1: exercise.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So it's amazing. The views to die for the food's incredible. Also family run. But I will say no offense. I know I'm bringing up Giorgio Clooney a lot, but... He and his wife have been there too. And they put Il Nero on the map, which is good for the restaurant, but it's not the secret spot it used to be. Right, 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 right. Oh, well, things change. But there are so many of these small family-run restaurants that make a vacation so good. Because if you're in a beautiful place like Lake Como or Umbria, wherever, and you're having the time of your life, but during a crowded tour season, which Italy's always crowded pre-COVID, from April through October. If you don't know of these places or have the ability to make a reservation, it's sad. I'm sad for you because it makes the trip all that much better.
1: Right. Well, you've got to get out where we went up into the hills. Yes. And you don't all have to eat your way through the animal kingdom like I did, but um, it is. <laughs> its it is... <laughs> from from rabbit to wild boar to any to to deer i mean i ate my way through the animal kingdom and it was just phenomenal and you know this this game is so fresh and
0: it is so tasty and it's done in such a way that They're you th- caught naturally they had a good life until then not like here in America, right? But,
1: well, whatever. I I don't know. I don't. They tasted good. I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't worried about their previous life, but but I do know that I had never seen such a varied menu, and such the owner of the restaurant is serving you at right. some of these places
0: up in the hills. But we always go to small family-run places, and that's where you had the ability to choose from all those different kinds of
1: all those different types. Oh, they're different menu items. And, you know, even the the Daily Special is not really listed.
0: He explains it to you in Italian. Oh, exactly. It's never listed. It's never printed. Right. And that's also mountain, you know, northern Italy, mountain food. Definitely you don't get those same options in Rome. No, not at all. So eating in Lago di Como is as amazing as taking it all in visually. So the last thing I want to mention about... My love affair of Cher- with Chernobyl is the people. The Chernobyl people, especially the ones at the smallest church with the longest name. This teeny, teeny little church in Chernobyl, it's called Chiesa della Beata Vergine della Carmine. Seriously, that's the name. <laughs> and they have a festa di pesce, a fish festival, every summer. I think it's July.
1: Oh, isn't that the
0: one when you ate the fish heads? No, I didn't eat the fish heads. That's the (laughs) point, right? I got in big trouble for that. So this Festa de Peche, they wait all year for it. And then in the morning on a Saturday, the men all go down and fish for as many little fish as you can. And they're like smaller than a sardine. They're like teeny weeny little fish. Then the women, the wives are making the batter and they deep fry it. And then they make bread and everybody brings their own wine So they work all month and get ready for this one Saturday, the festa di pesce. So I was with a bunch of friends up the hill, a couple switchback turns at a little aperitivo hour at Graziella's cheese shop. So Graziella was this stunning, friendly, awesome Italian woman who had a quote unquote cheese shop, but it was literally like, a hole in the stone wall, the the walls that I described earlier that line the roads, that they hold up the foundation of the next hill or a house. And she had this cheese shop in a stone wall on the road and basically just had these two like rounded doors. You open them up and it was the most perfect cheese cave. It was cold. It was in the earth. It was just amazing. So she'd have these kind of like happy hours on Friday and Saturdays. So we were there. And my friend Mickey's dad, who at the time was probably like 95, he'd come over to the cheese aperitivo hour and ask her to go up to the top shelf of her cave to get that special fontina or some kind of cheese (laughs) just so he could see her walk up the ladder and check out her pretty legs. (laughs) But anyway... Uh, Nothing wrong with that. Right? So there were, uh, after the... She's our happy hour ended. There were uh, two Canadians, Lawrence and Amanda, Mickey and his wife, Mickey and Berta, Danes, and a German and myself. So no Italians. We decided to walk down the street to the Festa di Pesce at this church with the long name. And the church is teeny, and so is their little yard around it. But they set up these tables end to end around the shape of the church. So it was like a big... U-shaped table. So we showed up. They had just sat down at the tables. And for some reason, most of the men were on one side and the women were on the other. But out of the six or seven of us that decided to join, there were only a few random chairs left around these tables. So they're like, qui, siedi qua, sit here, sit there. Come on, come on, welcome. And they were so nice to us. They didn't know us. We'd never been in a church service. I, of course, have been in their church, but not for service, just looking around at the art. And so they welcomed us with open arms. So we sit down. I was by myself with a bunch of the old guys. My friends were on the other side of the U. I couldn't even see them. You know, wine was being poured and these little fried fish were on the plates. And and all of a sudden, uh, one of the men across the table from me noticed that... I had a bunch of fish heads left over on my plate. I was trying to hide them <laughs> with pieces of bread or a napkin, but there was no way I was going to eat this fried head, teeny little fish head with eyeballs and stuff. So he's like, Keiko's fine, what are you doing? Like, what's wrong? I was like, um, no, ah, no, I cannot eat a fish head. He's like, why? I was like, I don't know. I just can't. So he starts talking about it, and the the gossip goes down the table around the corner to the other side, and then I hear, oh, Kimberly, Christ's sake, just eat the fish head. (laughs) So anyway, it carried on for a bit, and finally I looked at the man across from me, and I was like, apri la boca. I said, apri la boca, which means open your mouth. He's like, why? I go, apri la boca. So he opened his mouth, and you know how you would do with popcorn or jelly beans or something? I just picked up a fish head, popped it in his mouth, direct hit, first shot, and that was it. All the little fish heads on my plate were passed down the the table and everyone's popping the fish head in each other's mouth. It was hysterical. After dinner, the radio was turned up and we started dancing. It was probably one of the best nights of my life in Italy. And we all crawled back up that hill at like two or three in the morning and just thought, Well, that was a good time. (laughs) So, Chernobyl is just an amazing place. I have lovely, lovely memories of it. But there's more charming villages up the lake. And if you drive, if you choose to drive, like if you want to rent a convertible or a fun little Cinquecento, whatever, if you like to drive, then driving around the lake is incredible. But if you're intimidated by fast drivers or these narrow roads, or if you're a wimpy driver, Just don't do it.
1: Yeah, yeah, you can't, you can't. I mean, it's, it's very intimidating unless you're like used to driving on the FDR in New York City at rush hour. Right. (laughs) Um, Because the, the, remember the time all the Ferraris were driving along in the previously mentioned launcher, which is now damaged, right? So it's now all scratched up. (laughs) We're driving along and- there's a very narrow it's like one and a half m- two lanes would be generous and all of a sudden behind us because i'm in the passenger seat cuz i wasn't driving <laughs> behind us pulls up a ferrari and i'm thinking oh you know vroom, 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 you hear it and then all of a sudden it's like they go right by us and then another one broom, broom. and all of a sudden you're like oh it's like 14 ferraris and these guys, this was very close to Switzerland, Lugano, mm-hmm. and these guys just drive and they drive, you know, not crazy, but they're fast, they're aggressive, and you just have to hold your own. Right. Don't, do not panic. <laughs> Let them drive around you. Right. Don't panic. Anyway, it's a wonderful place. I've driven many times in Italy on our other trips to Italy. and You we'll can do it. He can and, do it. And you can do it. You can do it. And he's a Womo. We've he's got a man. some we've got some stories down the road which have nothing to do with Ferraris. It's basically <laughs> it's almost like a a, bo- a golf cart. <laughs> no, no. It's like a go- it's like a, a lawnmower engine on top of a red flyer wagon. That's one of the cars we had at one point. Uh,
0: I'll tell Going you. Going up the mountains in Carrara. Ah, I'll tell you about that. Um, yes. Well, anyway, driving is fun, but I, I mean I myself have Besides the launcha story, running into the, butting up both sides of the walls, just a couple years ago, I rented this big Mercedes, as they pronounce it, if you recall, a Mercedes van. And uh, I was driving around eight people for a week, all over Lake Como, up into the mountains. One day, at the beginning of the trip, a couple was arriving, my cousins, actually, Stefano and Brigitta. Anytime I escort anyone on a trip, I give them all Italian names for the week. So Stephen and Bridget, Stefano and Brigitta, I was picking up at the train station in Como. It was a big train station and they were coming from Venice. So I sent everybody off, everyone else off that had already arrived in uh, Lago di Como to do something fun for the day. And I said, I'm going to go pick up my cousins and we'll meet you back here for an aperitivo. So... It was a beautiful day. I had the windows down in this Mercedes van and I'm just driving south toward Como and went through one of these stone tunnels. Like you drive under villas in these handmade stone tunnels. There's a few of them around the lake. So I'm driving through this tunnel and I thought... Oh, this tunnel seems very narrow in this big Mercedes van. And all of a sudden, what comes through the tunnel? A uh, autobus. A <laughs> oh, bus. The uh, commercial, you know, bus that takes people up and down the lake. I was like, oh, oh, Dio mío. That means, oh, my God, what am I going to do? And I had to make a split decision, like take out the left side with the bus or take out the right side with the stone wall. So right side gone. You know, passenger uh, mirror gone, the whole side door where you open, slides opened, people get in scratched from front to back. Mm -hmm. And I thought, okay, that's another reason to pay that 900 euro for the damage waiver. It's
1: very important.
0: (laughs) So I pick up Stefano and Brigitte at the train station. They're so excited. And then we go around to put their luggage in. They're like, what happened? Did someone hit you?
1: It's Did like, you get a discount for this beat up fan?
0: <laughs> no, I hit it five minutes ago. But don't worry. We're just going to be driving around for another week. So <laughs> call team, no problem. <laughs> 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 anyway, so when you do drive up the lake, and we're still on the east side of the lake here. Technically, it's the west side. We're dri- you drive up the lake up from Chernobyl the first little stop is a village called Moltrasio there's nothing there except of course a little church and there is a boat stop so the reason people do go to Moltrasio is for because it's a boat stop and there's this awesome teeny little hotel and restaurant right across the street from the busy road and it's called Hotel del Posta they have such a sweet spot for lunch it's totally worth it there's nothing really else in Moltrasio but I just I think it's adorable. Next up from there is a village called Lalio. Lalio is off uh, on the main road, the Via Regina, I told you about. But in the old, old days, it had been like a walking street right on the water where I think people fished and put their boats in. So this little offsprit of the old Vecchia Via Regina has like a Sulumaria in the village of Lalio and a couple little hotels, a teeny restaurant. And it was it was a spit of nothing, and it was so sleepy and tranquilo. That's a fabulous word in Italian, tranquilo. It's just calm and no boat stop, so super quiet. And then, here I go again with Giorgio Clooney. He bought the Villa Oleandra in Laleo. Then, all of a sudden, Laleo's on the map. But his villa is not showy. It's not crazy large. It's kind of a humble villa, and it's stunning. And it's perched right on the lake. And he's pretty low-key about it. Everyone there in Lolio is like, ciao, Giorgio. It's no big deal. But this little village has my favorite hotel, I think, in all of Lake Como. So this is a personal shout-out to my friends Giorgio and Alberto, two brothers that renovated this old boathouse. And there were six bays where they made the boats, and they renovated these tall, narrow bays into rooms. You... Wake up in the morning and you open the windows and you have this incredible view. And then you go downstairs to their restaurant, which was the main big part of the boat shop. And they have this incredible variety of fruits and fruit juice that's so good, as we know from the Bellinis here. And uh, pastries, breads, granola, etc. So Stefano, my cousin, I was on this trip. After about the fifth day, he said, this is the best vacation ever because of exactly how we're starting our day. We wake up in this super beautiful hotel room. It's not like any other hotel room. It's an old boat building. It's fantastic. You wake up and you look out at this view and you go downstairs and you have this incredible breakfast and you're served a cappuccino or a latte by these two brothers who have this genuine smile on their face the whole time. When you stay in a place like that, and you start every day like that, it's a amazing vacation. So, La Locanda del Cantieri. That is the name of Alberto and Giorgio's place. And I hope to see them soon, like in October. Next little village up the way is called Argenio. It has a very big boat stop. So, it's always busy during the day, but it's also got this medieval village that you can walk around, meander through these, basically the people's front door, back door. And it's this incredible like. Ochre and red tone color every building. It's really, really amazing. And from Argenio and the big boat stop, this is where you take the boats across to Bellagio and or the island that I mentioned earlier. The only island on the whole lake is called Isola, that means island, Isola Comachina. And if you make a reservation months in advance, there's only one Restaurant there, make a reservation, you get off the boat, the owner, host, he comes down and greets you Then he walks you around the island because it has a lot of history. There's so many foundations from all their hundreds and centuries of uh, wars and castles and whatnot. And there's two little churches naturally on this little Isola di Comacina. So after he gives you the tour, then you have like this three hour lunch with this view to die for. You know how hashtags, lunch with a view now is popular on Instagram and stuff, lunch with a view? I sort of
1: forgot about that during COVID. I haven't had lunch with a view. (laughs) I haven't had lunch with a view in a long time. Only our view.
0: Finally, the last village I want to highly suggest you go to is Verena. It is the most picturesque village on the lake. You arrive by boat and it's just this stunning village of Sienna and ochre, red, gold colors. It's incredible. And there's a lot to do. You just walk and meander your way through these little sidewalks. There's no cars. Plenty of little restaurants and coffee shops and gelateria. And if you keep going up, 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 up above the main part of the village, you'll see signs for the Giardino Botanica, a botanical garden with the Villa Ciprese. Ciprese means Cypress. And their gardens are just filled with all kinds of floral color, cypress, palm trees. It's a great combination that you just don't see in many places. If you keep going past the botanical garden a little bit is another villa, Villa Monastero, that is definitely a must to walk through. A regal place right on the lake. It was privately owned forever and now it's open to the public. And finally, at the very top of Verena, it's very hard to get to, but there is a 12th century castle. It's worth the walk or try and find a taxi to take you up there. It has commanding views, little place for lunch, but 12th century castle. How many times do you get to walk around those? And finally, when you come and go from the boat dock in Verena, you have to walk on this little elevated walkway above the water and it hugs the mountains that come down to meet the lake to get yourself into the little village of Verena. And it is painted red. It's iron or metal. It's painted red with a red pergola on top. And it's so beautiful. And your view behind it's so beautiful that the name of it is the Passeggiata della Innamorati, the walkway of the lovers. (laughs) They do more than a little quick peck on the cheek there. They just stop. The Italians just stop dead in their tracks and just full on make out. It's great.
1: Kind of hard to do with headphones right now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, let's just say you spent a day or a full afternoon in Verena. You walked on the walkway of the lovers. You take the boat back and to finish the most perfect day, go straight across to the other side on the West side and it's called Sala Comachina, a teeny, teeny little village. If you find your way down these steep stone steps to this like square piazza, square only because of the old buildings that frame it. And there's this stone boat ramp that goes into the water. And all of a sudden you just see these chairs and tables. And it is the most magical restaurant. They light everything with torches. You're on a stone boat ramp eating the best food. And it's called La Tirlandana. It would make for a memorable evening for sure. So that's the end of our second episode on Lago di Como. And we actually are going to produce one more, a third episode, but this one will be about the mountains and all they have to offer. You can literally hike the entire three legs of the lake, never be on a road, never get in a car, hike, 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 moderate hike, more strenuous hikes, and stay in these old refuges called refugio. You can literally do that. It takes about seven to nine days. If you choose to do that, it's like removing yourself from everything you know. And you breathe this fresh mountain air and the food up there is so rewarding after you hike all day. But there's also more moderate hikes that that I mentioned in the other episode about the Greenway Pass that the Italian government has updated and they are the old footpaths that go through medieval villages. So there's so much that you can do on these mountains with the view of the lake. And that will be our third episode on Lago Como.
1: Okay. Is there any internet connections up there so we can post selfies while we're walking <laughs> for nine days? I hope not. I hope not. I hope
0: not. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much for listening again. And we really appreciate a review or subscribe and share the love. Grazie a tutti e ciao ciao. Arrivederci. <laughs> that was good.